Hear the word of the Lord from Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God.
right, so this next song we've done once as you all were walking in, but never as a congregation. So we're going to go ahead and start with the chorus and feel free to join in when you feel comfortable. Oh God. Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you now. How I need you now. I'm standing on your faithfulness. I'm calling on the God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. Oh God. Oh God, my God, I need you. God, my God, I need you now, how I need you now. Oh, rock, oh, rock of ages, I'm standing on your faithfulness. I'm calling on the Sing God, 
Good morning. You know, even as I was singing that song, I was reflecting yesterday as I was listening to really throughout the week. But then yesterday I was thinking about a friend who's really facing a pretty big diagnosis. And I, I sent that to him because I was, he was just on my mind as I was singing it and playing it. And I'm just kind of sharing this with you because think of the words of that song that we just, we just sang. Who are we calling on? The same God, right? Powerful, beautiful. Anyway, I'm just a bit overcome even just as we we're singing that song. It's time for the kiddos to be on their way. And uh, Miss Becky and Miss Janet are right there by the door. They're making their way there. We're going to give them a blessing. And we all know what our job is here. And I know they do as well. All right. All right, folks. Adults, you with me? The Lord be with you. Fantastic. Have a great morning. All right. It's a good day. It's a good day to be together. We are, as a family, as a congregation, we're in the process of voting right now. And that is a process now because there are so many multiple ways we can do this. So you'll note the, uh, the notice in your bulletin. There's, I believe, even a QR code there you can use. 
be sure to vote today um, on that council slate that the council has prayed over, talked through, worked through, and now we are presenting to you. So please be uh, voting there. Link um, was in that Thursday email that you received. You can use that to vote. I believe you were texted a link that you can use to vote. That QR code, as I mentioned, and even there are some paper ballots available. And if you choose to use a paper ballot, there are those offering boxes where you'll bring your gifts as well. But you can use that for depositing your, your ballot. So, no excuse. There's at least four different ways. So, <laughs> make it happen, people. Come on. We can do this. All right. Let's, uh, let's come to the Lord. And we're going to start our prayer with uh, some verses from Psalm 62. Please join me. Oh, and by the way, at the end, we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer. So just be anticipating. We're in this season here where we're starting a series on prayer. We're going to use the Lord's Prayer as kind of the base of that. So we're going to use that in our prayer today. So let's uh, come to the Lord. Yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Lord God, we are taking our cue from the psalmist there. You are our rock. You are our fortress. You are our refuge. And we need you. We may be at different stages of life here in our community. We may be at different stages of health, different stages of stress or change, whatever may be going on, Lord. There may be things that we've made public and other things we're holding private, Lord. It's fair as a community for us to say and acknowledge that not one of us comes into this place without some challenge, with some burden, some thing that we're thinking on. And so, Lord, we come to you. You are our refuge, our hope, our fortress, our strength. Living in our world this world, this culture, Lord, it's changing in front of us. And what used to be so common and accepted, even some of the tenets of our faith are no longer culturally the core any longer. Lord, we are being challenged as believers to be distinctive, to be full of love and yet hold on to truth. And so, Lord, we follow you. We join you, and as you've called us into this journey with you, we also rest in you and find our hope, our direction, our core, our truth. Lord, you are the truth. You are the way. You are the life. We give you thanks today because you do not treat us as our sins deserve. Instead, you use where we fail as opportunities for us to grow and you challenge us you chastise us even you call us into confession and invite us lord to repent and when we do lord you use those moments as instruction and teaching and loving on us 
even though, Lord, at times we face real suffering, you use what the evil one desires for harm to strengthen and build us. And Lord, even as I was thinking of my friend and others among us here in the midst of the challenge, in the midst of that hard thing, that suffering, there may not be the words to pray or may not even be necessarily the faith to really stand strong, but Lord, that's why you've, you've placed us in community. And we celebrate that, that we can say to each other, you may not at the moment have all the confidence you feel you need, but I will have that confidence for you because we hold these things that are true. So, Lord, we thank you for our community. We pray with hope for those within our community who are struggling right now. We thank you that Sandy is through surgery. Pray for her in recovery. We pray for Anthony and Sarah as they're waiting for a transplant. We pray for Cal and Carol as Cal's in hospice. Lord, that list, we add to it in our own hearts. For those that are dealing with major change, we pray that you will give them a foundation, a starting point, a place to rest. For those dealing with the loss of someone close to them, we pray for healing and recovery there. And Lord, we're grateful today for our graduates. We just are thankful for the work they've invested for their families as they've, as they've walked with them through their schooling. And now at this point, this transition point, we pray that you will enable them to celebrate well, give them clarity and wisdom for what's next. And also, Lord, challenge them in their faith to be distinctive followers of you. Give them courage to stand firm. Give them courage to love. Help them build a career that is marked by your distinctive love for us. Lord, we come to your word this morning as well. And in that, we pray for Pastor JB, that you will empower him as he opens up the scriptures to us and invites us to really think more deeply about prayer. And in that, Lord, we, we go to the prayer that you taught us. And we use this, Lord. We come together in one voice saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. JB. Thank you, Andrew. And good morning. Good morning again. Good morning, good morning. It is, uh, it is good to be back uh, in this space, as, as much fun as it is to uh, be together as uh, one church outdoors. Uh, it's good to have AC. Can I get an amen for AC? Yeah, yeah, there we go. AC is good. 
Uh, my name is Pastor JB. If we haven't met yet, love that opportunity. We're going to have some donuts and refreshments out that way after the, after the service if you're visiting with us this morning. Uh, but just a few things to highlight. You'll notice on the back wall, there's some thank you notes. And as you came in, you maybe received a couple little treats. And that's because uh, today we want to just thank our volunteers. And uh, because we can't do what we do here without the many of you who participate and give in many different ways. And so let's maybe just praise God for our volunteers this morning. And we, we really appreciate all that you do. And um, also, um, we, we continue our investment in, in, in connection and sharing names, sharing stories, sharing experiences. And in the effort to share names and learn names, uh, we have a couple of folks who are going to be snapping some pictures for our, just our directory, internal use. Um, and so if you have not gotten your picture taken um, just practice that smile, you know, and uh, get your picture taken. That just really helps associate names with faces, and that'll just really help us. We're going to do that for the next couple weeks. Uh, otherwise, we have some other things coming up, rolling in next Sunday. Do you know what it is next Sunday? Potluck. And we're having some uh, pulled pork and some smoked brisket, so you don't want to miss next Sunday. Uh, weather permitting, we'll be out in the pavilion for that. Bring a dish to pass if you can't or if that doesn't work for you. Just come anyway. Enjoy. We'll have plenty of food. Enjoy the food fellowship and time of connection. Also, as Andrew mentioned, we're starting a new series uh, through the Lord's Prayer, and uh, I'm excited about this series. Uh, but in this series, we don't, we don't just want to learn about prayer, but we want to encourage and be encouraged to step into new, uh, maybe deeper practices of prayer. And so in that spirit, uh, we have some opportunities that we're looking at coming, uh, coming ahead. Uh, one of them is next, starting next Sunday, there's going to be a group, uh, a Bible study, but also prayer practice discussion group. Uh, Janice Persinger is going to be leading that from 9 to 10 before the service, okay? So it's a little different, but kind of in that spirit of that Sunday school hour, come a little bit early. Uh, we'll have a spot for kids to do some coloring, uh, to learn, to practice prayer. If you have more questions, Janice, do you mind raising your hand? I guess you have to now, yeah. Talk to Janice and she can answer some more questions. That's one opportunity. Also, starting this Tuesday, uh, we are going to open up the sanctuary starting at 7 a.m., and the idea here is we understand that it's just challenging to find quiet space. Can I get an amen? It's just hard to find quiet space. And so we just want to open up the sanctuary. We'll have some light instrumental music just as a space for quiet reflection, meditation, prayer. Uh, there might be some prayer guides there, 7 a.m., so you can sneak in before work if that works. Uh, but just to create this space of quiet and prayer. Uh, encourage you to step into that. Uh, as, and then also we're going to continue on the third Sundays offering prayer so you can come forward on communion Sundays to receive prayer. And then uh, the final one is we're kind of exploring some possible outings uh, to maybe go uh, Mount, you know, walk Mount Pisgah or something and just uh, try to experience God together in nature. If you're interested in an outing, shoot me an email because uh, based on uh, interest in that, we'll, we'll, we'll try to gauge that. So a lot of opportunities. And of course... Just step into prayer. Just do it, right? Uh, we can do this. All right. Let's jump into our series. We are starting a new series, working our way through the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. The series is titled, Teach Us to Pray. And I don't know about you, but I'm really excited because if you remember this past school year, we've done 31 weeks working our way through the entire scripture, right? The narrative of scripture. And so each week, we've been covering these massive amounts, like whole books of the Bible. And think about this. This summer, we're going to spend 12 weeks focused on just a handful of verses. And I'm excited. I mean, this is the beauty of Scripture. We can look at it from up here. We can, we can get 
down to the nitty-gritty, and I'm excited about this series. Uh, for, for this summer, we're going to be looking at the Lord's Prayer. Uh, it's important to recognize that the Lord's Prayer is, is mentioned two different times, uh, is taught by Jesus two different times in the New Testament. That's likely because the, the, the Gospels share just a, a glimpse of three years of ministry. So Jesus likely taught this prayer multiple times throughout his ministry. Uh, the two recordings we have is in Matthew's Gospel during the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. But then also in, uh, in Luke's Gospel, there's a slightly abbreviated form of the prayer in Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Matthew's Gospel's version is, is more familiar. It includes most of the words that we just recited together this morning. Uh, but for this morning, what I want to do is look at Luke's uh, telling of this time Jesus taught the disciples to pray because there's some context that I think is really helpful. And so we're going to jump in. We're going to read, uh, listen together, uh, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. If you're willing, if you're able, I invite you to stand as we honor God, as God speaks to us through his word this morning. Again, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And you may be seated. Let's once again go to our, our God in prayer. Gracious Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. And Lord, we thank you for these words, this, this prayer, Lord Jesus, that you taught your disciples to pray. Lord, as, as we explore, as we study, as we consider these powerful words, Spirit, we pray that you would open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears so that we would hear from you. And then in hearing from you, Holy Spirit, that we would be changed more and more into the likeness of Jesus Christ. For it's in his name that we pray all these things. Amen. And amen. Many of you know this uh, by now, but if you're a visitor, maybe, maybe you aren't aware, but uh, my wonderful, beautiful wife, Yvonne, uh, grew up in... in there you go. I'm earning points. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. We've been doing this for a while. Yeah, I know better. Uh, she grew up in Southern California, and uh, it, about an hour east uh, inland from Los Angeles in the valley, Chino Valley there, and, and that's where we met back in 2005. We met there, actually, almost to the date. I can't do the math right now, but like 17 years ago. We met there. And, uh, and, 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 and then we lived there for two years. We got married there. Um, and, and, then, and then before we moved back to Michigan in 2007. And, and one of the things uh, we both miss, and I think uh, Yvonne especially misses, uh, about Southern California, aside from family and friends, obviously that's what we most miss about uh, California, but it's the beauty of creation. Uh, there, is, there is something beautiful about seeing different parts of the country, and Southern California is no different. Uh, I remember getting off the plane. It was June 1st, 2005, uh, Ontario Airport. I got off the plane, and I'm getting in the car, and I look up, and for the first time, I realized there are magnificent mountains in Southern California. I had no idea. I thought beaches, palm trees, but these beautiful mountains, and I just couldn't stop looking at them. 
We miss the mountains. Also, the ocean, of course. Uh, also, I mentioned the palm trees. When I was growing up, anyone else have this experience where, like, palm trees meant vacation? Did anyone have that association? I remember driving from Wisconsin to Florida, and it was like the moment you started seeing palm trees. It was like Georgia or something. It was like, all right, it's vacation, you know? Like, that was like vacation. And then you, you, get, you live in California, and they're all over the place. But it, it's, it, so that's one side note. And then, and then the other one that, that really, we really miss is, did you know that it's an actual forecast in Southern California? The forecast can be abundant sunshine. Has that ever been a forecast in West Michigan? I'm not so sure. Uh, The next seven days, abundant sunshine. You know, it's like, yeah, we don't have that so much here. Uh, But here's the funny thing. Um, Do you want to know what, when Yvonne's parents, uh, when they visit, especially her mom, when they visit us here in West Michigan, do you you know what they look forward to? Precipitation of any kind. And we get that, like, we need some rain right now. But honestly, like, they come, and, and if it starts snowing, if they're visiting, in the, in the, like, like, pause the movie, let's go outside and just watch these beautiful snowflakes fall to the earth. Or a thunderstorm, when it, or even when it's just pouring cats and dogs. Do people still say that? I don't know. When it's pouring cats and dogs, like, stop everything, and Yvonne's mom will just stand on the front porch and watch it rain. In fact, they love coming, not, not really during the summer as much because we always go there in the summer because of school schedules, but they love coming at the changing of the seasons. Spring, when, when life is blooming and bursting from the earth or fall, I think Yvonne's mom's favorite season is fall when the fall colors are just changing because there is this beauty here in West Michigan. By the way, are those some beautiful pictures? Did you know that Pastor Sarah does some photography? Those are her, her photos, and she just captures God's beauty here on the lakeshore in a beautiful way. So a uh, little kudos, a uh, little shout-out to Sarah on that. But uh, I, I mention this because God's creation is beautiful, amen? And, uh, and, and, it's, a, and it's a powerful reminder to us uh, that, that what becomes common can easily be overlooked or taken for granted. Because we live here in Michigan and we don't always see the beauty in snow. We see the inconvenience. But some, suddenly someone who doesn't get to experience that comes in, sees it from a new perspective, and it helps us see the beauty that is all around us and right in front of us. Which brings us to what we're studying this summer, which is the Lord's Prayer. Because for many of us, the Lord's Prayer has become so familiar to us that we can rattle off those words without a second thought of what we're actually praying or saying. Anyone else? Me only? Yeah. And, and, and that's, there's something beautiful about memorizing and, and having it so familiar, but, but the unfortunate thing that can sometimes happen is, is that in the familiarity of the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, that we begin to miss, or we have begun or already missed, the beauty and the power and the wonder that is found in these words that Jesus taught us to pray 2,000 years ago. And our hope for this series is that as we study, as we slow down, as we begin to uncover these beautiful words in this pattern of this prayer, is that our hearts and our minds will be open to its power and its beauty once again, as if hearing it for the first time. Now, before we get to the Lord's Prayer specifically, a quick word on prayer itself, because I think the context of Luke chapter 11 really reminds us of something powerful about prayer, and it's this, that prayer, according to Jesus, for his followers, is a non-negotiable. 
Prayer is a priority. Prayer as a priority. Notice the first couple of details in Luke chapter 11. We read, Jesus says this, when you pray, did you catch that? Not if you pray, like when you pray, not you know, if you get a chance to pray, do that. No, when you pray, the assumption being that Jesus' disciples will be praying people, people who regularly spend time in prayer. And why would Jesus make such a presumption? Well, notice how the passage opens in verse one. We read this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he had finished, one of his disciples came to him. The, the, the second important detail in our text reminds us that prayer was an essential part of Jesus' own regular rhythms during his earthly life and ministry. In fact, throughout the Gospels, we're told of all these different instances when Jesus went up to a mountain to pray or Jesus had just time of quiet prayer. In fact, in Luke chapter 5, this is particularly in Luke, but Luke chapter 5, verse 16, we read this. You almost miss it in the midst of the story, but we read this. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely or quiet places and prayed. It's like Luke saying, if you didn't catch it already just in the, in the scope of the gospel, let me just tell you that Jesus often went to the lonely places to pray. Now that brings out a, a, a curious question. Why, why would Jesus, the Son of God, need to pray? Jesus is the son of God. Jesus had full access to God's power and authority. Why? Because Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is divine, right? So Jesus didn't need to pray uh, for God to act. Jesus would just act by his own power and authority, right? Jesus Jesus didn't need to, to pray out of duty. No, no, Jesus, for Jesus in his prayer life, we're reminded that prayer at its core is about a connection to God. Why did Jesus pray to be connected, to commune with his heavenly father? The priority, prayer is a priority, and the priority is a connection with God and with Jesus Christ. For Jesus, prayer is about spending time with his father. It's about spending time with his father. Prayer was not something Jesus did as an act of duty, like right before mealtimes or right before bed or first thing in the morning, though Jesus likely did pray at those times. That wasn't the reason why. Nor was prayer for Jesus something that he engaged in a moment of desperation only when he needed something from God the Father. No, for Jesus, prayer was an opportunity. And it was an opportunity that he would take whenever he could to spend time with his Father. Jesus had endless amounts of ministry opportunities, right? He could have filled all of his time with healing and casting out demons and all of these things, but no, he spent and intentionally took time to be with and commune with his father. Let's relate this a little bit to ourselves. Imagine with me for a moment, if the only time you spent with a good friend uh, or, or your spouse was at set times each day, like, honey, uh, we got three minutes before meals, we can talk, or, you know, five minutes before bedtime, right? We can kind of chuckle at that. Uh, or, 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 or maybe, or the only time you spent time with your, your spouse is, is if you needed something from them, you know? And, and some of you have, like, four or five children, and you're like, spouses are like, well, that's about all the time we do get, right? <laughs> and I hear you. But imagine if that was the only time you had. Or, or imagine this, if, if your kids only came to you with, with a checklist of requests, I'm just imagining Bryson coming, coming to me and saying, okay, Dad, um, 
I'm going to need a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Uh, if you could cut off the crust, that would be great. Uh, I need some new shoes, and uh, if you could just make sure I don't have any bad dreams tonight, that would be great. By the way, Dad, uh, Wild Kratz starts in about three minutes, so can we get a move on, right? We kind of chuckle at that because that's not how the most intimate relationships in our lives work. Because when you love someone, when you love someone with your whole mind, body, soul, right, you want to be with them. And friends, at, the, at its core, that is what prayer is about. It's about being with our Heavenly Father. It's like being with Jesus Christ. Now let's take a look at the prayer itself. Let's take a look at, at the Lord's Prayer from kind of a 30,000-foot perspective. What we notice is that in the prayer, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus offers his disciples a model or a pattern for how they should pray. Prayer has a pattern. One of his disciples makes this simple request, Lord, teach us to pray, and Jesus responds by offering a prayer that gives a form, gives, gives a model or pattern of prayer. Now, these words are, are not intended to simply be memorized, a memorized form Christians recited throughout the centuries. It certainly is that, and it's a beautiful use of the prayer, but it's to be more than that. The Lord's Prayer is intended to be a model or pattern for all of our prayers, which is why the fact that uh, Jesus' teaching of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew and Luke are slightly different, that's okay, because it's not simply a prayer that we are to speak out loud. It's a pattern, and it gives us a pattern and model for how we are to pray, a model for all of our prayers. Uh, right? Prayer is a priority, and the priority is connection with God, and the pattern defines that connection with God. It defines the connection. Now, again, we'll, we'll, we'll go into more detail throughout the summer, uh, but notice this pattern. There's, there's a vertical dimension to the prayer, but then there's also a horizontal dimension to the prayer as well. First, the prayer opens with just an address, who are we praying to? God as Father, we need to identify who we're talking to. But next comes this vertical dimension uh, in th that follows in three petitions that are all God-centered. And we can very clearly see the distinction by the use of the pronoun your, kind of highlighted that in yellow. So hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You're referring to God the Father, right? The prayer opens with three petitions that are all focused on the vertical, on God, on God's name being hallowed, God's kingdom coming, God's will being done right here on earth as in heaven. In other words, the prayer is modeling, God, you do your thing right now. This is the starting prayer point of all of our prayers. It starts with God properly worshipped and then moving in this world. That is the starting point of our prayers, this vertical dimension. But then the prayer kind of takes on this horizontal dimension that focuses on three petitions that are all human-focused, right? Again, evident by the use of a pronoun, the pronoun us. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us in, not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The prayer closes with three petitions that are all focused on the horizontal, on our interactions with humanity. Petitions for God to do a work in the life of the community. Notice not individual. It's not give me, give, give me. No, it's give us, right? Forgive us. It's this communal prayer 
but give us daily provision, give us forgiveness, lead us, deliver us from evil. In other words, God, the vertical, you do your thing right now and make us part of that thing and that plan here on earth. And friends, that's the pattern. And the pattern produces in us a proper posture toward God who is Lord in heaven and over the earth. The pattern is critically important. It's not that every prayer must include all of these aspects by, by word, uh, but that every prayer should be offered in kind of the same posture and spirit of God first, us second. Are you with me? I was reading one of these commentaries and he's talking about not every prayer has to include both dimensions. And he was, he was talking about Peter, as he's walking on water, he begins to sink he, he, he just says, help, right? Help me. You know, he's, he, you don't have to pray every part. Sometimes we just need to call out, but it's still in that same posture, that same spirit. And that's important because defining this order and this posture is so important. Keeping God first, keeping Jesus as king will shape how I engage in prayer. And what it does is it makes sure I remember that, that prayer is not simply a, a meditative or self-help practice. That prayer is, is not simply going to the cosmic vending machine, if you will. No, it, it's an intimate connection with the creator of the universe revealed in Christ, revealed in the gospel, and it shapes how we see the very world that we live in. In fact, kind of getting back to our illustration, it helps us see the beauty of creation, right? Not simply as this random assortment of molecules, but when we see a sunset, I mean, we can acknowledge the science behind it, that there's light refracting in the horizon, but, but we see the beautiful colors paint the skies, and we can say, wow, we serve an artistic, creative God of beauty, amen? It shapes how we see the world we live. Prayer as a pattern. And then finally, we consider prayer more generally and the Lord's Prayer more specifically. There's this logical question that might arise. What is, what's the hoped outcome? What's, what's the purpose of, of prayer? Uh, prayer's purpose. Um, and, and, and right now, there's, um, there's really this cultural momentum in the direction of, I don't know if you notice this, meditation or mindfulness I think a lot of the apps on your phone that are, that are trending are like on mindfulness. And I, and I think the reason is because all people in our world right now can, can see and recognize how busy and distracted and anxious our world is right now. I think all of us see that. And, and I think most people see a need to slow down, to embrace silence, to embrace space, and even simplicity. We all see it. In fact, I, I would strongly agree with the conclusion and that direction working toward that space and mindful. I agree with all that. In fact, I'm, I'm working on it uh, constantly and feeling like I'm failing at it all the time. But as Christians, we have to recognize that, that Christian prayer, Christian prayer is about much more than just finding relief or peace from the hectic pace and stress of the broken world that, that we as humans have made for ourselves. We already mentioned that prayer is ultimately about connection with God the Father, connection with Jesus Christ. But we also have to remember that this connection is also not simply an end of, in and of itself, but it's, it's about bringing change and transformation. 
The purpose of prayer ultimately is, is to bring about change, connection and change, right? Matthew's account of Jesus' teaching of the Lord's Prayer, the Sermon on the Mount, includes some additions uh, that point something different. I put them side by side. On, on the left is, is Matthew's ver- account, and then on the right is Luke's account. Notice uh, where Matthew includes a line uh, from Luke's account. Uh, really, Luke's account assumes this line, uh, but Matthew puts it on the page. Uh, on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then both of the prayers uh, acknowledge uh, this communal forgiveness. While asking God to forgive us, there's an acknowledgement that we are the people who forgive one another. Notice what the prayer assumes. Jesus' prayer assumes that, that, that prayer changes things. The Lord's Prayer assumes that that through our prayers, God moves to bring change here on earth. Now, we don't know how that works, but somehow, mysteriously, we, we in a way participate with God's work to bring his kingdom and his will here on earth as it is in heaven. And it assumes that through prayer, God will change and transform those who pray. Those of us who've received God's grace in Jesus Christ, who've received forgiveness, we are then transformed by that grace so that we become those who offer forgiveness to, to everyone, to other, to other people, which is totally countercultural. Grace and forgiveness, this is, it's against human nature. But because we've received this grace, we are transformed by that grace. Prayer changes things. And so just a, just a quick comment, you know, when, 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 we, when we pray for people, when we, when we pray for things that are happening across the world, that's vastly different than just kind of sending good vibes. Because we pray in the power of the Spirit, and we pray fully anticipating and expecting God to do something in the world and in the lives of those we are praying for, Amen. And not only that, but as we pray for those things, the Spirit begins to do a work in our hearts so that we might go out and begin to participate in that work in the world and in people's lives. Praying is one of the most important things we can do for the things that are happening in our world and in the lives of those we love. Can I get an amen? CRC Church, we gotta, we gotta ask for those amens, all right? That's okay. We love it, we love it. And here's the thing, just as the best human relationships have an impact on our lives in proportion to the depth, intimacy, and time we spend with that person, the closer, the more time we spend with that person, the more they impact and influence our lives in good or bad ways. The same is true with our relationship and our engagement, our connection with Jesus Christ. The more time we spend with Jesus Christ, the more time we spend connecting with God in prayer, prayer that follows this pattern that produces a posture of God first, us second, it will bring about God's purposes to bring change in our lives and in the world. That's a little bit of what we're hoping to uncover this summer as we engage in this prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our hope for the summer and beyond is to step into this kind of prayer life, and practice. I mentioned at the beginning, we want to learn about the Lord's Prayer. Absolutely. There's something beautiful about learning, right, and growing intellectually. But our our deeper hope is that we would step into practices of prayer. Our hope as pastors, our hope as staff, as a church, is is that this study will serve our community uh, kind of like uh, an out-of-state loved one 
a mother-in-law from California, if you will, uh, helps us see the beauty, the wonder, and the power that is in the world right in front of us. The beauty of God's creation that, that we, we miss because we live here, but someone comes in, they help us see the beauty of those fluffy snowflakes gently floating down to earth. They help us see the wonder of this freshwater Lake Michigan. Uh, funny story, when Yvonne's sister came for my graduation from Western Seminary, we were walking along Lake Michigan. No joke, from, she, she went down, she dipped her fingers in the lake and went, Yep, it's fresh. <laughs> we miss it. But the wonder of Lake Michigan uh, or, or the power of a thunderstorm that waters and nourishes the earth. But instead of like, like an out-of-town relative or friend which helps us see the beauty that's right before us, the hope is that in this summer series, as we slow down, as we consider this prayer, this series will help us see the beauty, the wonder, and the power of prayer. As we study this prayer, Jesus taught us to pray, and as we explore together new ways to step into this practice of prayer. And, and as I close, just, I want to just offer just a gentle encouragement or challenge, depending on what word you prefer. Consider this week how God might be moving you uh, to embrace more deeply the practice of prayer. And I don't remember where, I don't remember who said this. Uh, feel free to let me know. But I remember uh, hearing this statement um, an encouragement to start where you're at, not where you think you should be. Does that make sense? Start where you're at, not where you think you should be. And so for some of us here, maybe you've never had a regular rhythm of prayer. Well, don't start where you think you should be. Start where you're at. Start with just a couple of minutes of quiet in the morning. Maybe start with reciting the Lord's Prayer when you wake up or before bed. Uh, maybe start just praying before meals as a family or, or before bed with your kids or with your spouse uh, or with a friend. Our family just started um, finally getting into some devotions, and we've been ending that devotion time uh, by reciting the Lord's Prayer. Uh, we found out Bryson just learned the Lord's Prayer at school this year, and so we kind of let him lead. This is Side note, we kind of let him lead because he doesn't have the words down pat yet, and so we just kind of listen to him kind of fumble. It's really adorable. Andrew heard it. We were getting, anyway, it's really, it's really uh, adorable. But um, wherever you're at, start there. Uh, or maybe, maybe you're out, you've been on the journey for a bit and you want to go a little deeper. We're, we're going to offer some resources on the website and the email. Um, there's, a, there's a resource, 40 Ways to, to Spend Five Minutes with Jesus by, by Josh Banner. Uh, there's Lectio Divina. There's ex, the Examined Prayer. All of these things. There's a plethora of other options and apps uh, that you can engage and step into. We're also creating these opportunities this summer with the third Sunday prayer opportunities, the Sunday morning before service study, uh, 7 a.m. on Tuesdays, these communal opportunities where we're going to go on outings possibly let me know again. The whole idea is let's, let's gather together, let's, let's practice, let's step into these practices and then have opportunities to just reflect what we experienced. And sometimes you're just, you're just gonna do this thing and, and nothing really happens, and probably most of the time, and that's okay. That's okay, right? Uh, every time Yvonne and I get together and have coffee and talk, it's not always profound. There you go, right? But we're together. We're together, right? And that's the thing. Again, I, I don't share this, all this, these opportunities and things to overwhelm you, but hopefully just inspire you because my hope, my prayer is that we would not just learn about prayer this summer, but that you and me included, I'm 
a work in progress, would grow in the practice of prayer. And so be encouraged, friends, and uh, let's take a moment and just ask God's spirit to move in and among us. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for these words that are preserved for us from the lips of Jesus Christ. Lord, may, may this prayer uh, that for many of us has become so familiar. For others of us, we're, we're hearing it for the first time, and that's wonderful. But Lord, may these words find new life to inspire our hearts and our eyes and our minds to see your power and your beauty and your wonder. And all of these things point to you. We pray all this in the wonderful, powerful, beautiful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand and worship with us. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. You're hidden
She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. We can maybe relate, amen. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better will not be taken from her. Do we realize what we have in front of us? A connection with the God who created the heavens and the earth. I'll be the first to admit that I take that for granted and I'm more like Martha running around doing all the things. But maybe this summer we can be a little more like Mary. One step, one step at a time. As you go from here, receive God's blessing. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father Almighty, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. And God's people say, amen. Grab a donut and don't forget to get your picture taken. <laughs> <laughs>